Hello and welcome to another episode of Block Talk, presented by Theater in the Now. I'm your host, as always, Michael Block. If you love the podcast, make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Audible, Google Play, Spotify, SoundCloud, or Stitcher so you never miss an episode. Leave a five-star review while you're there. Did you know there is an easy way to help support the podcast and keep the show going? Buy Me a Coffee is an incredible new platform where you, the loyal Block Talk audience, can say thank you to your favorite host. All you have to do is show support with a few taps by leaving a little tip that's just like buying me a cup of coffee. And the great thing is, you don't even need to create an account. Visit buymeacoffee.com slash blocktalk and keep blocktalk going strong like a cup of coffee. And as always, follow me on Instagram at michaelblocktalk, on Twitter at blocktalknyc, and visit theatermnow.com for latest news, reviews, and interviews. Did you know there is drag in New York that's not New York City? Well, my guest today is here to tell you all about it. It's the one and only Opal Essence. Hello. Hi, how are you? I'm so excited to be here. Welcome to the show. First time um, on the show. It's great to have you. It feels great to be here. Thank you for thinking of me. Of course. Now, okay, I, 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 I see uh, an image on your shirt. Who are you wearing? Um, so one of my biggest drag inspirations has always been Aja. So it's Aja's. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh, now I see. I see it. Listen, oh, now, that, <laughs> now that Bosco did those horns, you never know anymore. Exactly. You never know who's going to do what. <laughs> Every Everyone's coming for everyone's kick nowadays. Literally. You can't be original anymore. <laughs> Welcome to drag. <laughs> Literally. Well, I'm very excited to have you on. Um, I, as, as most of the listeners know, we, this is a New York City-based podcast. We, we we talk about everything New York City. Um, we've had some amazing people on. We've had some people on. Um, and we've got to learn about New York City drag. But I'm excited to learn a little more about what else exists in mm-hmm. the state of New York. Um, because things are a little different. Oh, very different. <laughs> um, but we'll, we'll dive into that. But before we get there, we need to learn a little bit about you. We always get to start at the beginning. Where are you from? Well, I'm from Albany, New York, born and raised. It's mm-hmm. an interesting little place, the capital of New York. We have two gay bars right across from each other. Water- now, I've, I've definitely heard uh, heard about that. Um, is it like a civil war of gay bars? So sometimes there's always like going to be a little bit of issues, but we try to work together really well. And I perform at both. So there's waterworks across the street and then there's rocks on the other side. They're very different vibes. So it just really depends on what type of like aesthetic you're going for mm-hmm. gotcha so growing up in albany you're in the state capital what what were you like as a child well i was definitely very out there mm-hmm. <laughs> i was the one that would do theater i did over 50 musicals by the time i was graduating high school so i was very into musical theater mm-hmm. um i was always into like collecting dolls specifically brats dolls they were my thing when i was a kid i had mm-hmm. about maybe a thousand of them now, did you play with them, or was this a collection that was like, do not touch if anyone touches oh, the value? I, my ADHD could not not play with them. I would like <laughs> dress them, change their outfits, take pictures, all sorts of things. But I have since passed that on to be in, um, in the past, and now I'm, all my focus is on drag. It's like fully drag focused. Amazing. All right. So when did drag officially enter your life? So it was when seasons seven i think was airing so it was i was a sophomore in high school when i started drag 
And what I was it here. about um, season seven that got you started? Obviously, looking back at it, that cast had some legends in it. Yeah. So I think it was just that it was my first season seeing any type of drag at all. I didn't even know what drag was until I started watching that show when I was in sophomore year. So I had no clue that the drag even existed. And when I looked at it, I was like, this is what I've been doing my whole life, like wearing wigs, doing stuff like that. So it was something that I already had been pretty much playing around in, but like not taking seriously. So I was like, let me start this. Let me try it out, see if I can get anywhere in it. It took off. Now, obviously, as a, as a theater lover, um, there are some shows and musicals that do feature characters in drag. Obviously, for most people, the big one is Hairspray with um, yep. um Did you clock that as drag or did you more see that as a character played by a man who happens to be playing a woman? When I first saw it, I didn't even know drag was like a term. So mm-hmm. it was definitely a man playing a character who happened to be a woman. Because that's how I felt, too, because I, I I'm old enough to have seen the original Broadway cast. Oh, um, <laughs> and we definitely stage doored it. And I like to say that was really the first time I ever experienced a gay person was mm-hmm. Harvey Firestein. Um, oh, that's and I just I just remember him and my mom making a big deal about it, like the, just how funny he was and like him coming out, literally saying all this for a man in a dress. And like it didn't it didn't connect to me that this was drag. This yeah. just happened to be an actor performing as as a woman. Obviously, the, you have movies like Mrs. Doubtfire. Again, yeah. doesn't doesn't read but the same. The, uh, it's always been there. Yeah, it's always been um, there, and it's just something that like not a lot of people like. They don't like talk about it. They just pretend it's like just a character, and so it's like right as a kid, you don't really realize what you're really seeing and how it's opening doors except for now now they have drag race and a lot of kids watch mm-hmm. that so well it's it's what i always find interesting now is like we praised robin williams for that performance we praised nathan lane um and robin williams when they did the bird cage it wasn't taboo it wasn't anything bad but a gay person doing drag hell no exactly what's the difference why there is no difference there's literally no difference except for they weren't gay. So obviously season seven. Now, when you decided let's let's explore drag, were you someone who jumped on YouTube or did you do it yourself? Um, I kind of did a little bit of both. So makeup was really what I struggled with for the beginning of my career. It was like getting to the perfect techniques down, but it was all trial and error for me. It was mostly like asking my friends, what could I fix? How do I fix it? Because YouTube videos didn't resonate in my head. Like Oh, this is how you fix it. It was just like something I could watch to get inspiration. Yeah, I mean, I I do not watch them. I'm not a makeup artist. I don't have any aspirations to do makeup. Um, every time I try, it looks like Jeffrey Boyer Chapman um, <laughs> attending Euphoria High School. Um, it's not good, and I'm I'm okay admitting it's not good. It's not my forte. Um, but there there are people who can watch a video, emulate it immediately, and you're like, mm-hmm. wow, you should be in a museum. Yep. So you, you, you watch the show, you're starting the um, makeup. When was your first performance and what did you perform? Right after I graduated high school, I went to Waterworks when it was 18 plus still. Mm-hmm. And I did Noelle Diamond's um, Time Traveler's Ball. So we did that. And I, the first performance I did, because I was assigned Future, because there was like past, mm-hmm. present, future for the three queens who were starting out. I did um, Till the World Ends mixed with Imagine, but a female cover. 
So that was my yeah. first cruise ever. It went really well, and I met my drag mom, who has since passed away. But I met her there for the first time ever, and we clicked immediately. So that was amazing. Now, obviously, there's the thrill of the audience getting the money. What was it like to perform for the first time in drag? It was insane. It's very different than doing musicals because it's not as rehearsed. You don't know how it's going to go. So it was not like we had months to prepare. It was a last minute thing. They threw us in. We had to rush to get everything done. And like, it was insane. It was just crazy. It was so much fun. So as someone with a theater background, um, you put on a character, you, you do character development, you work on the character for weeks, months, whatever. Did you have any time to prepare for your first character in drag? <sighs> so it was basically just an extension of yourself. Yeah, that my drag is literally an extension of myself. I don't like do like James Mansfield where there's like this whole character and everything like sure. that. I'm very much just like an extended, more like elevated version of me. Gotcha. All right. Well, let's find out what is the origin story of a drag name? Uh, <laughs> so I had another name that we won't discuss. She's buried in the ground. Okay. She's okay. And then my friend was like, you really like pastels. Your favorite gem is the opal. What if you went with opal essence? And it clicked. It immediately took off and it went from there. Now, do you give your friend credit or is it just Oh, 100%. Okay. Okay, just checking. Do we want to um, shout them out? Yes. Now? So they actually do live in New York City now. They're studying fashion at one of the colleges here. Their name's Acacia Brunel. Hey, okay. Acacia. She's a fabulous LGBT icon. I love her. She's TikTok Amazing. famous. Amazing. I don't know what TikTok is. I can't do it. I'm too old. I can't. <laughs> it's, too hard. it's too hard. I open it up. I'm like, this is not the video I asked for. Literally. Just, whatever. It's fine. It's fine. How would you describe Opal in three words? Muppets, glamour, and camp. All right, all right. How long does it take to transform into Opal nowadays? Um, I would say about an hour to an hour and a half. My makeup takes me roughly 45 minutes to an hour, depending on what look I'm doing. And then getting dressed is really quick for me because I have the drag stop pads, so they mm -hmm. slide right on. Do you have any traditions that you have when you get ready? Um, I usually stay home alone, and I listen to music and just jam out while I get ready. With like no distractions. Is it music that is in theme to what you're going to be performing later on? Or is it just whatever you want? It depends. Sometimes I'll listen to like the same song that I'm trying to learn the words to over and over again. But if I already know the words to my songs or I'm doing something I've done before, I'll just play a playlist. Nice. All right. Makeup wise, do you have any favorite products? What do you use? Oh, I love the Dermablend foundation. It is my favorite foundation I have ever used. My favorite palettes are definitely bright colors. I love... Lots of colors. I really like the Makeup Revolution Alexis Stone palette. Um, and I love Morphe brushes. They're my favorite brushes to use. Yeah, they are They are very good. That's what I have. And that's what people use when they do my face for um, the Glam Awards. That was fun. Yeah. Thanks, Misty Mountains. Uh, even though you couldn't fucking see it in the lights, but that's a whole different story. <laughs> All right. So let's say Anastasia Beverly Hills says, Opal, we're making a palette for you. Oh, my God. What are the three main colors that must be included different shades of purple pink and blue like a pastel right. very fun i love those colors thank you so who were some of the first people that helped you out on your drag journey um so as 
as I mentioned earlier, my drag mom, Pacifica Rim, was amazing. Mm-hmm. She was a legend in upstate New York, the Disney princess of Albany. Mm-hmm. Um, she has since passed on, so rest in peace to her. But she was like the the queen to beat in Albany. Right. So she was definitely somebody who inspired me and like really helped me out. We also have my friends Allison and Obscura. They're amazing. They've always been there for me, making me costumes, wigs, everything. And then I also had my friend Miss Kitten Caboodle help me get gigs. So that was really amazing too. Gigs is half the battles right there. Oh yeah. And now I'm like soaring in gigs. I literally did four already this week. That's fun. That that's always yeah. fun. How would you say you've grown since you started drag? Oh, uh, it's been a journey. <laughs> I would definitely say I've learned to do my makeup. I've learned how my body proportion should be, what I should wear, and just kind of like figuring out my aesthetic. I'm still like developing what I want my aesthetic to be, but that's like an always going thing. Like you're never going to have it. Absolutely. An I mean, I ha- I still have friends um, that are still exploring and growing and changing and doing. And that's the beauty of drag is there's yeah. you're never done. You're never done. Um, I mean, let, let, if if you look at photos of like Sherry Vine and uh, mm-hmm. Jackie B, they're still playing around. Yep, that's okay. It's art. It, you're never done growing. You're never done learning. You can't. If you are, then it's not for you. In my opinion. So, aside from specific drag artists, who or what inspires you in drag? Definitely the Muppets. I am the Muppet Queen of Albany. Um, okay. I love the Muppets to like the moon and back. I just mm-hmm. am obsessed with the Muppets. So they're very inspiring to me, just like the bright colors, the feathers, the fur, just like the craziness. I would also say, if it's not drag artists, The Little Mermaid. I'm obsessed with Disney and The Little Mermaid, and like Disney princesses and everything like that. All right, Disney, let, let's let's have the chat. Obviously, I'm, I don't know if Obscure is listening, but um, that <laughs> bitch, big, big Disney fan as well. Oh, yeah. We're going to get a little political for this second. Yes. Obviously, Florida, the governor, idiot, dumbass, decided yes. to um, go forward with a bill, uh, don't say gay. Should Disney say something about this? Honestly, I feel like as much as we want them to say something, and they do, should say something about it because they're such a big platform. I don't think they will. Neither do I, but they kind of run Florida. Yeah, so I think they should because they kind of have that like that platform and that advantage but I really don't think they're going to do anything about it. I think they're going to play it safe. That's fair. Now, are you a Disneyland or a Disney World person? Disney World. I love Disney mm-hmm. World. Do you have a favorite ride? Uh, well, I liked the, it wasn't like a ride. It was more a show. I liked the Muppet show in Hollywood Studios. And then I also liked the Little Mermaid show in Hollywood Studios. Those are my two favorite things to do. Those are good ones. Uh, have you ever tried to come for Obscura's gig and make a Disney ride uh, mix? Uh, actually, I did once. I almost made a Tower of Terror mix, and she oh! shut me down so quickly. She was I like, "I saw it. I saw hers." Yeah. Well, my drag mother was a big Disney fan, and she had a Disney World mix like for years. So I was like, "Oh, I'll do like a like a ride mix," and then I Obscura did not like that and shut that down very quickly. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Obscura territorial. Never would have guessed that. Ever. <laughs> Never, never. All right. I'm Let's... Tower of Terror mix, and I said, girl, I already did that. <laughs> Team. Is there, was it filmed? Is it, did we talk about that? Is it oh, there, it was filmed. It was filmed. They showed her the video. <laughs> she showed me the video real quick. <laughs> oh. <laughs> All right, so, garbage. <laughs> Let's talk about drag fashion. 
when it comes to putting together a look, what are you looking for? Is it colors? Is it oh, it's definitely style? Color. What is uh, your are are you, are you a leotard queen? Are you a katsu queen? What do you do? I love pastels. I like to do like circle gown, like circle mm-hmm. skirts, like have tutus under them. I really like like very like cinched at the waist and then like flared out is what I, I really ideally want my aesthetic to be. I'm very big into pastels and like feathers and fur and stuff like that is where I'm trying to take my drag. Now, I think season seven is a really great example to discuss the mm-hmm. battle of fashion when it comes to fashion and camp. Yeah, because they can live together. Um, we see someone like Trixie Mattel, who now is able to figure out how to do it. Season seven, she couldn't figure it out anything. No. <laughs> um, but you had that that cast where you had someone like Violet Chotsky, who is the fashion queen. But you also have Mrs. Kasha Davis, who's serving you incredible looks, but they were campy and they're like, oh, that's not fashion. Why yeah. is that a thing? Why do we why can't we give camp queens the glory of fashion? I think it's just because it's camp like in the i guess you could say like a long time ago like when it first was like becoming a thing was more like about the comedy so people are Mm. stuck in that like thought that you have to be like funny to be camp which is not necessarily the truth camp is um comedy is camp but camp is not comedy is what i like to say because camp is about being over the top and just being exaggerated and having a fun time and just being a great personality in my opinion and like comedy comes with that and you can be funny in that but you don't have to be like a one-liner queen to be camp because i always go back to nina west's um audrey two look i thought that was fashion love it it's complete fashion but it got knocked around and i was like you're missing the point people you're missing yeah. the whole point of it. It is still fashion. She just can't be with it. Yeah, that's the thing is like people think that fashion has to be like off the runway. And it can be, but it can also be over the top and exaggerated as well. Just look mm-hmm. at like people who design. I'm trying to think of like like Alexander McQueen was so over the top and like Warm. had crazy outfits and crazy stuff. Just like stuff like that that like is shown and is over the top and like glamorous, but still fashion. Is what, right, I mean, you have some like the Victor and Rolf, those giant dresses. That's camp. Yeah, still fashion. Yeah. Okay. When you put a look together, what comes first? Is it the color? Is it the gig? What is it? Comfort? How do you decide on what you're going to wear? So I first start by picking out what wig I'm going to wear. I'm a big wig person. I style wigs. I run a business, so it's very important that I have like a good wig. Then. I move on to what outfit I'm going to wear and then what jewelry and then what shoes. I can care less it, about comfort. <laughs> that's fair. Is it uh, color coordinated or are, do you, is like, if you have one wig, is it, are there certain looks that only go with that wig or do you play around? Uh, it depends. Like if it's like a basic wig, I can mix it with other things, but if it has like specific things to it, like flowers in it that match the outfit or anything like that, then I'll wear it only with that look. Now as a wig designer, you got your own business. How many wigs do you own? Right now, I only own like 20 to 30. I used to own like 70 to 80. Where do you keep them? I own a, well, I rent a one-bedroom apartment in um, Albany, and I have three walk-in closets, so. There it is. There's the answer. (laughs) All right. Let's talk about Albany and upstate drag. How would you describe it? I would describe it as talented. We have some of the best drag that I think is in like the state of New York. People don't give us the credit that we deserve. I think we have a lot of talent that's undiscovered. It's new. It's fresh. And a lot of just like diversity 
And it's really great to see that across all of upstate New York. Now, when it comes to a typical gig in Albany, is it a multiple looks thing, mixes, songs? What What is it? I mean, obviously you've performed in New York City before. Mm-hmm. What are the differences that you can share with the listeners? Um, so I would say New York City, they kind of like don't change outfits, I think is the thing. They kind of just stay in there one look for the whole night. Yeah. We do a different look every outfit, like every number, different mm-hmm. wig, different look, different shoes, different everything, every number. And then we do mixes, we do songs, we do like conceptual pieces, we do kind of everything. And I think that's what makes us stand apart is that like we don't like, well, we're also doing like a one round and then we take a half hour break, then we do another round, then we take a half hour break. So we have time to change. Whereas in New York City, they're very much like, they got to do the show and just keep going. Right. And then because you got to make way for the next queen who's coming in later on the night. Yeah. We only do one show and then it's over. Obviously, there are a lot of queens from New York City that have appeared on multiple of these um, drag television shows. Mm -hmm. Why do you think there hasn't been more representation on at least drag race of queens from the capital region? Honestly, I'm not too sure. I'm really it, it doesn't make sense to me. Like the people we have in Albany, some of them, well, I don't know if you know Zaria Powell. She used to of live Of course here. I do. Well, she's my new drag mom and she just moved down to Albany with us. I think she'd be great on Drag Race. I think she'd make mm-hmm. amazing television. When she moves her boobs while she's lip syncing and like the lip quiver, oh, that would be over. I would not want to lip sync against her on TV. So like mm-hmm. I don't I really don't understand because we have a lot of young and and older talented drag queens. And the only ones that ever get on anything from our our area is Rochester. We've had Pandora Box, Kashi da- or Kasha Davis, not Kashi, um, and uh, Darian Lake. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, listen, we're all waiting for Aggie Doom, but um, her time is coming short soon. She yeah. she's gonna die. Yeah, <laughs> she she should have been on a long time ago. Like she's I really agree. talented. And then it's sad that Wednesday quit drag for now. Because she would have been so good on one of these shows. Any of them. I would have taken any of them. Such a, I'm going to blame COVID on that one. I'm, I blame COVID. What makes a gig successful? Definitely the attitude and the personality and, like, the effort. If you're going in and you're like, it's a gig, I'm just going to do it and get it over with, you're not going to have a fun time. If you go in and you're like, yes, let's have fun, let's dance, let's drink, let's have the night, great night – and you just go in and you get the crowd going, they're going to be more happy and more receptive. Is it about making money or is it about entertaining? For me, it's entertaining. I love being like in the spotlight and getting to showcase my art. The money's great and the money adds up to help me get better stuff. But I really just love showcasing what I can do. That's fair. What are some of your favorite venues to perform at? And is there a dream venue in the Capital Region that you want to perform at so my favorite venues to perform at in the capital region i definitely i host at waterworks every first wednesday of the month and every first saturday of the month with my co-host cc larue um we do a great show called illusions that's one of my favorite shows to do on saturdays it's really great we get to bring special guests from drag race dragula any kind of show we want we're gonna bring in somebody from legendary soon so that's cool fun yeah and then I also really like working at Rocks because it's a different environment. And I also like Trex in Syracuse. If you haven't been to Trex in Syracuse, it's like a little like nightclub thing. And I've heard of it. I've never, I, I, I rarely make uh, any trips up north. 
I like tracks, and then there's a newer bar that's also like a theater. So it's a theater mm -hmm. mixed with a bar, and that's called Wunder Bar. They're also in Syracuse. They're really nice as well. Nice. Where do you see your drag in five years? In five years, I see my drag taking over the world even more. I mean, all right, ambition. Right. I love oh, it. I have a lot of ambition. Uh, I I feel like my drag is starting to like skyrocket. I'm almost to five thousand followers on Instagram. I need five more, so we're getting there. People know me like around the country. I just got booked at Mickey's WeHo for DragCon. So like mm -hmm. things are happening in my future. And I think if I keep working and I keep going for what I'm going for, it's going to go even further. I love that. Well, COVID hit for so many of us online. What was it like to create digital content during the age of lockdown? It was fun. I loved it because I always love like just being able to express art and like do different things and learn new technique techniques. And I think it was great to get to like, plan shows online it was a great practice for like planning shows in real life sure do you have any favorite moments or shows that you produced i think one of my favorite shows was my essence show it was a monthly show it had a lot of technical difficulties as most of the online shows did but yeah it was um it was great because i got to bring in people from all over the country that i might not get to normally perform with we oh, even had God. drag race thailand winner um i believe her name is angel and she won uh, one of angeline Angeline, yeah, that's how you say it. I didn't want to like mess it up, but we had her and Dita Ritz, and that's how I met Dita. We had a lot of my Dragula friends. We just had like different guests every time, and it really helped me build that relationship with Honey Davenport even further than we already had. We love Honey on this podcast. I love Honey. She's one of my good Judies. Yeah, she. I I helped her get ready for that little show she was on. Woo! I was on Team Honey. What was the hardest part about creating digital shows? The technical things, <laughs> getting it to play, getting it to work, getting people to watch, like that kind what, of thing. What platforms did you end up using? I finally settled on Twitch, but we started out with YouTube and Vimeo. And it was mm -hmm. a lot harder than it needed to be. Yeah, I mean, I so when we did our shows, we did have one live style show where um, we did it via Zoom. Mm -hmm. So it was more private and it was a lot of fun because the audience was still interacting and you yeah. could see them. Uh, then for my other the shows that I produced solo, I did on Vimeo as a like a one shot mm -hmm. because one, I was not going to deal with the bullshit of YouTube um, and copyrights because I was like, nah, ah, ah, ah. My artists are working way too hard for yep. them to do the song. And then when you upload it last minute, it gets taken down. So I was like, Vimeo, you and me are good buddies. Yeah, literally. Do you think there's a world in which digital drag can live alongside live performances or has the digital fade fad died down? Um, I think right now it's died down a little. For sure, but um, I think it will be a thing that sticks around for a while, w whether it be involved in a per per person's performance, like a backdrop, like Obscura does, she does a lot of like visuals, whether those techniques are used there or whether it's like a full online show. I think it'll stick around, but I don't think it'll be as prominent. Yeah, I think it, it, what was great about it was accessibility because it was able to reach people who don't necessarily get to go to venues because whether it's age restrictions or inability to get to a place or inability to attend because you're not out. I think yeah. the accessibility of digital drag was so key. I would love to see it come back, but when, if, it, if it comes back, it comes back and hopefully we'll all learn how to use the computer first. Yes. <laughs> well, a little birdie told me that you will be hosting a show alongside Obscura, a $3 bill called Punkerella. Yes. Can what can you tell us? Um, well, right now we have confirmed headliners, three of them. We're still looking at one more. Mm -hmm. We have Zochi Mochi from Dragula. 
Uh-huh. Baby Doom from Dragula, Onyx Black from Delaware, and some other surprises up our sleeve. It's um, I would say a punk like, but also glamour punk glamour like kind of Met Gala kind of thing all mixed okay. one. It's not like a ball as in like ballroom scene, but it's like more like a gala. But we didn't want to say gala. So we should expect big looks. giant looks. Looks, performances, everything. Now what? Can you tease? What are you planning on wearing? Um. Well, we actually just started like developing the show. It's very like in the works. But I want to say I'm gonna do something very like Disney, very like princessy, because my aesthetic is very different than Obscure's in the sense that hers is more punk, whereas mine is more like glamour. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. You're gonna see something very Vivian Westwood '90s ish for me. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, so or is your name Bimini Bambulash? <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Except for she's not a stripper. Oh, uh, not yet. There's still time. She's young. She is young. She is young. What's going to make this show different than others? Um, I would say the fact that it's going to mesh like a lot of different types of drag. Usually when you see a drag show, you see either like punk on its own or you see glamour on its own. You never really see them mixed together in the sense that like, the show is focused on just like being a melting pot of like all types of drag. And it's also going to be something that's different. Cause like most of the people in New York city haven't seen me host or right. like, haven't really even seen me perform. I've only performed in the city like three times. So it's going to be exciting to see the reactions from people. And, and $3 bill, big stage. Oh, big stage. But I, I shoot for big goals. I'm here for it. What's the most rewarding part about producing a night of drag? the effect it has on the out-of-town performers when i hear from like dita ritz and like saint and all the people i've brought that they really love their venue and they want to recommend it to other people that makes me feel good that makes me feel like i did my job is there a hard part about producing the money (laughs) if i'm doing a show on my own and it's like i need to like fund it it's kind of hard and i look for sponsors but like most of the time i use the bars like that will sponsor it for me or just find a sugar daddy. I'm sure there's a couple sugar daddies in New York oh, that you can tap into. I'll find somebody. Obscure, I'm sure, knows a couple, right? Obscure is a sugar daddy. <laughs> there's the tea. We didn't even get to tea time yet. There's the tea. <laughs> All right, we're going to play our first game. It is called Finish Ooh. the Sentence. I'm going to give you a sentence. You're going to finish it. Very simple. My favorite color is... Lavender. My celebrity crush is... Zac Efron. My dream vacation is? LA. I never leave home without? Poppers. There we go. My favorite season is? Uh, Winter. The Disney character I most like is? The Little Mermaid. The biggest lie I ever told was? Uh, (laughs) That I was straight. (laughs) Oh. The biggest drag faux pas is... What does faux pas mean? <laughs> bad, taboo, ick. Oh, um, texting during a show. My favorite musical is... Uh, Hairspray. The country that needs their own iteration of drag race is... Ooh, that's hard. I know, because they all, they all exist. They all right have now. one. <laughs> um, Korea? All right, I'm here for it. What is your signature number? We're going to go behind the music. Let's learn what your signature number is and why it became your signature number. 
Uh, so if you're talking about like pageant numbers, my signature number is definitely my hairspray mix I did at Salt City Drag Battle. It was full production, reveals, everything, and had dancers. It was just, it should have placed, but that's just my opinion. Pageants, you know. Um, we'll but call anyway, the judges after this and find out why it didn't. Yeah, I'll call Detox and let her know. <laughs> uh, and then my like signature number that I do that people really like is Toy by Netta from Eurovision. People love when I do that number. We love Netta. We love Eurovision on this podcast. Are, are you are you someone who watches every year? I've never seen it. I just know the song. <laughs> um, have you seen the movie Eurovision Song Contest uh, Story of Fire Saga? I've heard of it. <laughs> I don't like movies. I can't sit through them. Okay. I don't know what you and Obscure are doing later. You're watching that movie. It's excellent. Excellent. <laughs> and Netta makes an appearance in it. Oh, ooh. what is it about the song "Toy" that gets people going? Because it is not a, an American mainstream song, I, but it could be. I think it's just like the way it like is so crazy, but so energetic, but like so relatable. If that makes sense, like mm-hmm. it's just like you just feel something when you hear that song, and I love it. Yeah, I mean, she, look at her some of her looks. She is she is a literal drag queen sometimes. Yeah, she's a diva. I love it. <laughs> Where do you find your inspiration when creating mixes and numbers? Honestly, it's it just depends on like it just pops into my head. If I get an idea, I go right to work. Like sometimes I'll plan out something like, oh, I'm gonna do a Disney mix or I'm gonna do a Broadway mix, and this is how it's gonna go. But sometimes I just get an idea and I'm like, I gotta do this now. Mm-hmm. Obviously, there are there's a lot of music coming out every day. Mm-hmm. Is there a song you haven't used that's come out in the past um, couple months that you're desperate to use? Not in the past couple months, but like Happier Than Ever by Billie Eilish. I'm really obsessed with that song. I think it would be a fun song to do. Nice. Well, speaking of music, we are going to play Opal's Ultimate Playlist. Music is universal. It brings people together and helps give a little insight on a person. In this game, we are going to create a playlist of nine songs that are going to be the soundtrack of your life. So I'll give you a prompt and you're going to tell me the song. Okay. A song by an artist you want to hang out with. Um, I would probably say Easy On Me by Adele. Hey, if your name is Cheryl Hull, apparently you can, apparently can hang out with Adele. <laughs> Did she? Yes. Yes, Adele came on stage at her show the other night and uh, was like, justice for Cheryl. Oh, girl, if Adele tells you justice for Cheryl, bring her back. I was like, you, Cheryl, you better have asked her to do a duet. Screw RuPaul. Yeah, why has Adele not been on RuPaul's Drag Race? I think I think season four is going to be it. She's in town, so we'll see. Um, okay, Adele, I'm here for it. A song that reminds you of your first love. <laughs> I've never been in love. So. <laughs> Brag is love. Okay, sure, 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 sure. Um, I'd probably say uh, "Part of Your World" from Little right. A song that gets you in the mood to party. Shots. A song from your first concert. Breaking free from high school musical. Love it. I got the music. A song that reminds you of your favorite vacation. Ooh. Um definitely a dream is a waste your heart makes. A song that reminds you uh, a song, I'm sorry, a song that you listen to on repeat. Uh Toy by Nada. A song that reminds you of high school. Bad Romance by Lady Gaga. 
A song that screams pride. Coming out by Donna Summers. And the song that made you who you are. I just realized that. Um, a song that made me who I am. Definitely I am what I am from the Kaja Falls. Love it. We're going to play another game. We love games here. It is the Cameo Game Show. If you are not familiar with the website Cameo, you can book a celebrity to record a message for you or a loved one for a small price. But each celebrity has a different cost. In this game, you have to guess who costs more. And we are going to play the Broadway edition. All right. First up, Tay Diggs or Debbie Allen? Debbie Allen? That's correct. Debbie Allen, 400 bucks. Tay Diggs, only 200. Not too bad. Andrew McCardle or Donna McKechnie? Andrew? Andrew McCardle is at 125. Donna McKechnie is 100. Next up, Leah Delaria or Orfe? I don't know either of them, so Orfe. Uh, no, it's. No. <laughs> I am so bad. I'm Orange not is the new of... black. Boo. I didn't watch Orange is the New Black. Okay, that's fine. That I do know. Um, Leah Delaria is $500. Uh, Orfe is only $75. All right, next up, Joanna Gleason or Susan Egan? Susan Egan. That's correct. Susan Egan, 125. Joanna Gleason is 60. Next, we have Laura Bell Bundy or Carrie Butler. Laura Bell Bundy. That's correct. $100. Carrie Butler, 79. Next, we have BD Wong or Anthony Rapp. Anthony Rapp. No, it's actually BD Wong, 149. Anthony Rapp, it's $75. It's because wow. BD Wong is in Jurassic uh, or Jurassic Dominion. Um, so he, he's getting them big money right now. Hmm. Next up, Laura Osnes or Victoria Clark? Laura Osnes. That's correct. She's 89. Victoria is 49. Next, we have Garrett Clayton or Michael Yuri. That's a hard one. Uh, Garrett Clayton? No, Michael Yuri, 60. Garrett Clayton, $50. So, people, if you would like to have Garrett Clayton say dirty, nasty things to me, please buy me that for $50. All right, next up. Lorna Luft or Tova Feldshoe? Tova. No, it's 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 Liza's sister at 125. Tova's only 75. All right, get ready for this one. Okay. Are you ready, Smash Lovers? Catherine McPhee or Megan Hilty? They're both on cameo right now. Catherine McPhee. Correct. 120. Megan Hilty is $70. I don't know what she's doing. Charge more, bitch. And finally, how much can you get a Justin Guarini cameo for? 400 no only a hundred that's even too much for him oh god justin (laughs) how far will you go and drag what what is the limit honestly i haven't thought about that um right now i'm just like i take one day at a time so i guess like the limit for me would be like when i'm at the point where i'm not inspired that's fair why is drag important to the community Drag is important to the community because I feel like we have a platform. We're always being watched. We're looked at. We're such like a voice for people who don't have a voice. Do you find it's harder to find a community in Albany or is it similar to what you see in New York City? I would say we're more of a community. I mean, New York City's got so many people that it's like it's hard to be like a real community, but we're such like a tight knit group. Absolutely. There's always fights though. So. <laughs> Drag is becoming more and more mainstream. Is it going in the right direction? I think so. I think it's what, going the right way. What's next for drag? 
I think just like being in more mainstream movies and like TV shows and just being cast as things in drag, like Hairspray, for example, like how they cast it, but they didn't like make it like a man playing a woman. It was just like a character. I think things like that, putting us in movies, like putting us on like award shows, more stuff like that. Now, obviously, social media, it's the bane of all of our existence, but we find that it's quite important when it comes to mm-hmm. getting access to drag nowadays. How important is social media in the drag scene? It's huge. It's very vital. If you want to get anywhere, you need to have a good social media presence as well as like be a good performer. What does it mean to have a good social media presence? Like you post, you post good content, like not like shitty quality images, just like things that are like professional, but like also you also post like videos of your performances and you just market yourself really well. And when it comes to engagement, what is it, what does it mean to be engaged with the followers? Is it responding? Is it liking? How, how can the, how, how can we fix the algorithm? Because I, I'm convinced it's broken. I honestly don't know. I always, for me, I just, like, my Instagram just keeps growing. But that's because I post a lot and I, like, comment on things a lot, like a lot of images, and, like, just engage with other profiles so that they engage with me. I'm here for it. All right, it's that time. We are going to play Tea Time, where you are going to spill some tea on some of your favorite sisters, friends, colleagues, people you take a picture with, people you've booked, people you've performed with, people you hate, you love. I don't know. We're going to find out. Are you uh, ready? I'm ready. All right. We're going to start off with Scarlett Sagamore. Oh, my God. My drag daughter. Hi, Scarlett. Um, she's a newer queen. She's only been doing drag for a year, and she's already, like, taking off. But she did hurt herself at a gig and had to get surgery, so she won't be in condition. Oh, no. Yeah, she fell and broke her like fibula, I think it was, and had to get like emergency surgery. Wow, that's not fun. For, like eight weeks, yeah. All right, next up, Cece Larue. Cece Larue is my wonderful co-host. She's one of my good Judies. She's my drag sister, actually. Her Piff was her mom too, so Pacifica was raised us both. Um, we both love Broadway. We both love Disney. We're just a great match. Is there a sibling rivalry? No. No, no. not at all. No. Because we do our own thing. So it's like we only come together to do the show and like we hang out and stuff like that. But we're never like against each other, bunny heads. That's cool. Next up, Noelle Diamond. Love Noelle. She gave me my first show. She's actually one of the nicest people in the world. She builds her own set pieces, builds her own like props, like makes her own videos, edits everything, does literally everything for herself. It's insane. Next, we have Rosetta Stoned. Oh! For those of you who don't know Rosetta, she used to be the bearded queen of Albany, and now she's just the hairy, sexy, seductress. She's the dancing diva. She's so good, so talented. She sings live. She does it all. One of my best friends. I I have nothing negative to say about her. We love to see it. All right, next up, Amanda Blair. You're getting me with all these people that I love. Amanda Blair is the titty crease of the Northeast, we call her. She's neat, petite, and ready to eat. She is also a dancer. She's so talented. She sings live, too. We have a lot of live singing talent in Albany, but um, she's great. She's very put together, and she literally came out of the bag and just, like, rocketed. There's not an ugly moment about her. No one's ever ugly. Yeah, they are. They're ugly people. All drag is valid. It's that, that, that is fact. I didn't not say it was drag, valid. Not, not all drag is good. 
Yes, exactly. I said it. Uh, I want that on a t-shirt. I need that on a t-shirt. I'll be getting screamed at, but I need that on a t-shirt. It's got to be on a t-shirt. All right, next up, Typhoid Mary. Typhoid is our alternative queen. I haven't really seen her very much lately. We did a lot together in the pandemic. Um, we kind of went our separate ways because we both like do a lot of hosting and stuff, so it's just easier. But I love her. I think she's so talented. She's very alternative, very like punk, and I think it's something that we don't really have a lot of in Albany, so it's really nice. Next up, you mentioned her, the diva herself, Zaria. Oh, Zaria is the best performer I've ever seen in my life. Like no hand, like no doubt, hands down. I would give her everything. The fact that she gets to perform for Jennifer Hudson on Jennifer's birthday. That like that for me is like goals. Mm-hmm. She's talented. All right, next up, she's changed her name. Her name's Xenon TV. Oh my good sis. We're actually hosting brunch tomorrow in the Bronx at Bronx. Bronx. Woo. Yeah, we're the only Ooh. ones there. We sell out every Ooh. time too. We are the All only right. one in the Bronx. It's great. Give us some tea on Miss Xenon. Um this is hard. Uh, Xenon actually just came down to Albany. We did a brunch together with a bunch of other girls. It was fun. She's, um, very inspiring because she's very, like, positive. Mm-hmm. And it's great to see that, like, she's working on herself and, like, always takes care of herself. And it's something that makes me want to work harder on myself. I love that. All right. Let's talk about someone I adore and I'm still trying to get on the podcast, maybe after her tour. Let's talk about Saint. Oh, Saint is one of my favorite guests to have. I actually have two wigs that were hers that I bought off her. I have her angel hair runway when she was the angel on mm-hmm. Dracula. And then a wig that Sigourney wore that was hers. And I bought that. Saint actually, like, she's very quiet, very reserved. But she's so talented. Like, there's Incredibly nothing, that denies that. nothing that denies that. I love it. I she She's one who always looks at my story. I'm like, oh, you know who I am. I love it. Yeah. All right, let's talk about the Miss Incredible, Dita Ritz. Oh, Dita is – so Dita and I met, and I planned a little mini tour for her in upstate New York. She came down, and she is the most down-to-earth drag race girl I have ever met. She literally was, like, just, like, wanting to hang with everybody, walk around the bar, didn't want to sit in the back, wanted to smoke with everybody, and just, like, be social. And it felt so good that she was, like, a normal person. Yeah, we love to see it. Next up, let's talk about her, Honey Davenport. So Honey's one of my good friends. I do a lot of wigs for her. I actually just helped her with her Thrive music video. I was on the set, and I did the afro that she wore in it. Um, I think she's one of the most talented girls and one of the most underrated drag race girls. People know who she is and love her, but they don't give her the respect and like the worth that she does. She puts so much work into her craft, and it's insane that like she hasn't been on All Stars yet. Listen, I mean, she's doing that uh, binge watch um, series right now. It's so. got to be in the cards. It's got to be in the cards. Yeah, when, it's, when it's time. But damn, damn, she got done dirty. Mm-hmm. Still think Raja O'Hara should have been eliminated there, but I've, I've told her that to her face many times. It's okay. Yeah, no, we talked about it too. <laughs> um, I'm like, I just didn't like her. Whatever, it's fine. I don't. I don't know if the rumor is if you if you jump you leave because apparently that's what Electra Fence was told. That's why she was eliminated because she jumped off the stage too. I didn't know that. Apparently it's in the rule book. I don't know. All right, what tea do you have on Alice in Wonderland? Um. Oh, Allison. Uh, I don't know. She's just like a fun, like but shady. She's very shady, <laughs> in like the sense that she loves to throw shade at people. Not like shady in like a bad way, but. 
she's been there for me when like no one else has. It's really just like she is she may come across as very abrupt and like very rude, but she really does have like a very big heart for her friends. All right. We're going to wrap up tea time. Okay. Hopefully you do not get kicked out of this apartment. I want tea on Obscura. Um, so should we talk about, what should we talk about? Oh, there's a <laughs> lot of tea on Obscura. Um, I would say she's a great person. She's obviously letting me stay at her apartment. So that means a lot. Uh, she, she's a person that like cares about people, even though she won't show it, but, <laughs> but, uh, she also like quit drag for a while. So it's so cool to see her coming back and like starting her shows back up and like just going full force. She's a visionary, isn't she? Yeah. She's a visionary. All right. What do you do in your time off? Drag. It's always drag. There's no time off. If you were to get on the Drag Race television program and had to perform a Snatch Game character, who would you pick? Uh, either Tammy from 600 Pound Life or Abby Lee Miller. Okay. Abby Lee Miller, that's fun. But don't um, ask me to do them yet. So I'm not going to, but I hope your vocal cords are ready to scream a lot. Oh, they are. <laughs> All right, you've fallen down a rabbit hole on YouTube. What are you watching videos of? That's a great question. Um, Maybe like different musicals. Uh random shit like dog videos okay <laughs> really, like broadway fails like there's this one where like the dog walks right off the stage during wizard of oz and like lands on the ground and that one gets me every time for me i know i'm a terrible person it's the miracle worker where the girl walks off the stage <laughs> i'm not even i was not gonna say it but that one was really funny and okay. she stayed in character too she stayed in character the whole time so funny <laughs> it was so funny Oh boy. Okay. What is one personal fact about yourself that your fans would not know? Um, that I was adopted at birth. Okay, I love that. Yeah. Do you ever share that story through drag? A little bit, yeah. Um, I uh, I talk about it a lot. It's not something I'm like closed about, but I was adopted at birth, and my parents are both very accepting, very open minded. They actually like paid for a lot of my beginning drag and like helped me create things and stuff like that, and filmed me and stuff for my YouTube videos. So they were just great parents overall. That's incredible. Yeah, I got lucky. If you could eat one meal every day for the rest of your life, what is it going to be? Pasta. Just straight up pasta? What's on it? Any sauce? Pasta, meatballs, marinara. Love it. All right. I asked Obscura this question. She's in the room. I, I'm, I'm curious to hear what you're going to do with this question. But if you were hired as a – we'll go with the Disney World VIP – What's the itinerary of must-sees and must-eats? Um, I really like – so, like, something that brings back nostalgia for, like, food would be Chef Mickey's. We always went there as, like, a family. So that was cool. And we also went to the Crystal Palace. So those would be two things I would have to do just because my family always did them. I also really like – I don't remember what it was called, but it was, like, the 50s diner where they were, like, mean to 50s, you. 50s Primetime Cafe. Yep, that one we always went to. So those three would be my, like, have-to-dos for food. Mm -hmm. And then for rides, um, it would definitely be the Yeti ride. Mm. Um, I also really like – I know they're changing it, but like Splash Mountain is a good ride. I love it. The story, not so much, but <laughs> uh, it yeah, it happens. Um, and then there's one more that I really like. What is it? Well, I like seeing the fireworks. I really like the fireworks at Magic Kingdom. So that's a must-see. Are you someone who when you see the fireworks, you cry? Or are you like, no, I can hold myself? 
No, I cry. There's no doubt about that. <laughs> I'm not a fireworks person, so it really doesn't get me. But I know there are people. Show with it gets to me. a sob. I'm like, mm, it, it, it's fire. It's yeah. colors. It's more the show that comes with it that gets me. It's the magic. If you had to pick one Albany drag artist to be your partner on the Amazing Race, who would it be? Rosetta. Mm-hmm. Who's just, gonna be jumping? Yeah, yeah. Who's gonna be jumping off of things? Oh, her. Eating weird things. It's all going to be her. I'm going to be the pretty one, and then she'll be the one that does all everything else. I'm here for it. <laughs> so we have my previous guest ask my current guest a question, and this is a question from legendary Pixie Aventura. Oh, my God, I love her. If there is one thing we can change going back into the past, what would it be? Um, I would say my attitude towards other people. Uh, I was very cocky for a while once I started to gain traction, and I think I drove a lot of people away from me, and that's something that I regret. Uh, to this day have you learned from it oh 100 i've learned to be more like open-minded let more people do things like give pop-up numbers to newer queens things like that mm -hmm. i'm here for it now it's your turn to ask my next guest a question and it can be a question about anything you want Ooh, and we don't get to know who the guest is nope oh i like this um i think Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> Yeah, if it's you, fun. If you could collab with any other local drag queen, who would it be? I'm here for it. I love that question. All right. We here at Block Talk, we love to try to expand the community, bring new voices on. Who do you want to hear an interview from? I would say Rosetta, Amanda, Allison. Allison would be fun. I think that'd be a, a hoot. But um, Amanda Blair would be really great as well. Rosetta. And if you haven't done Zario yet, obviously I'm going to say Zaria. Oh, I've had Zarya. She was she was, and I think uh, maybe the first one hundred uh, episodes. Oh. Yeah, well, I would we're in the four hundreds now. So yeah, bring her back because like she's now in a new scene too. So it's that's like true. I mean, I I am doing um, a block talkback series where I am bringing back previous guests. So yay, she's on. She should be on the list. Well, yep. where can we find you on social media, Venmo, and any more projects you want to make sure the audience gets to hear about? So you can find me on Venmo at Tip Opal. You can find me on Instagram at the only opalescence. I need five more followers to hit 5,000. Let's get there. Uh, Facebook opalescence, YouTube opalescence, cash app, opalescence drag. Bas everything's opalescence. Um, you can find me on Grindr, Tinder. Christian Mingle. Omegle. <laughs> Love it. Well, thank you so no much problem. for being here. It's no problem. It's a pleasure having you. Thank you for having me. This was so much fun. 